Decorating Pages is a podcast dedicated to taking you behind the scenes of the designs of your favorite TV shows and films. Each episode, I'll be sharing design stories from some of Hollywood's most famous sets, interviews from set decorators, production designers, directors, and actors about creating the look of TV and film, about their design inspirations, and stories that take sets from page to screen. Hello, and welcome to Decorating Pages. I'm your host, Kim Wanup. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't realize it would be a month before I got back to this. I had no intention. I thought I'd be back two weeks ago with a uh, moxie podcast for you. The construction and work and life is, uh, you know, we all we all got shit going on. And unfortunately, as much as I practice not screwing up people's names uh, all the time in my car. I couldn't get the time to do another podcast last month, but I kind of felt like a Howard Stern and, you know, like I didn't tell you I wasn't going to be around and just let you linger. If you're a Stern fan, you get that. Like all of a sudden you're like, oh, I guess he's on vacation. And then two weeks goes by. It's really three since he only works three days a week. But sorry about that. Work is rough. Um, it's really just the hardest show. And um, the bits and pieces I'm really enjoying is one of the things that I'm realizing is I've never done like real people before. Like oddly enough, I was doing Vernon Jordan's office when he died a couple weeks ago. It's so weird. So to really capture these people and dive deep into research on real people and they're still alive a lot of most of them and Coulter I hope you like your apartment it's uh it's a challenge in that sense and I'm really enjoying that but the schedule and the bullshit I do not but hey as I talk to plenty of other people in this business and in any business it's everywhere so what are you gonna do um in the hiatus I guess I just took for the last month I wasn't just sitting on my ass obviously I did a webinar for my alma mater Jefferson University which was textile uh, Philadelphia University when I graduated and it's since merged with another with Jefferson outside of Philly it's called setting the scene and it can be found on their YouTube page, Jefferson University uh, on YouTube. And I did like an hour of a whole slideshow. Do you know how long that took me to put together? <laughs> um, but the theme is how to get tips from a decorator to stage or decorate your home. And hey, it's probably a probably an episode I should have put on here. And if I can figure out how to just put it on as one of my podcasts, I will. They said it was okay. <laughs> but it was great. It was really great and took a couple questions at the end and um, such nice feedback of alumni reaching out. So that was really cool. I did another interview for Wiretap, which is kind of like, do you remember pop-up video? Remember that? I think it was a VH1. And um, little tidbits would come on about the video you're watching it's kind of like that but for films so you install this plugin 
And then it little, you know, tidbits pop up while you're watching the movie. So I got to do an interview for that for the movie Moxie on Netflix, interviewed by Melissa Gimranti. God, I can't so bad. Um, from Fem TV podcast, who I have spoken to before, and she's a great interviewer. And um, I had fun doing that and revisiting Moxie. And at some point, I'll get to a Moxie <laughs> episode here. I hope. Uh, you know, I have uh, I have about an hour commute now uh, to and fro, and so really diving back into my audiobooks, I just I, I there's a couple I have to share. You have to listen to. The, the one is called Life Isn't Everything About the Life of Mike Nichols. And oh my God, this man, he survived like Germany. He had alopecia. I mean, him and Elaine May are like comedy geniuses. His first direction was Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? He graduated the graduate Silkwood Working Girl. How many times I've seen Working Girl? Postcards from the Edge, which I rewatched again a couple weeks ago. Oh my god. But what a life. And at first I didn't like it because it's a it's like 50 people giving quotes about him and his life and how they knew him and stories that he told them about his growing up and but then I really got into it. Um so I would definitely recommend that. Life isn't everything. The story of Mike Nichols. I finished a book that I started almost a year or so ago called Killers of the Flower Moon, which is about the Osage tribe in um, the United States um, and how people were murdered for their money and their land rights. And it's a true story and it's set in the 20s and it's going to be made into an upcoming film I think it's already done by Scorsese starring DiCaprio and De Niro. So it'll be interesting to see their take on it. I couldn't get into it. It took me a long time to get through it. But then in the end, it was pretty good. So I'm looking forward to that. The best thing I've listened to is a book that Jeff Rosenberg recommended to me like two years ago. It's called Best Movie Year Ever, How 1999 Blew Up the Big Screen, and it's incredible to reflect on how many influential films, even for me, and I'm sure many others, came out that year, and how many weren't really even like a huge success, but then, you know, over time grew a huge following. Fight Club, The Matrix, Office Space, Election, The Blair Witch, Sixth Sense, Being John Malkovich, Star Wars, Phantom Menace, American Beauty, <laughs> The Virgin Suicides, Boys Don't Cry, Cruel Intentions, American Pie, Three Kings, Magnolia. I mean, and there's dozens more that he talks about. I must have been at the movies every weekend. I mean, it sticks out for me because 99 was the year that I moved to Los Angeles. So I remember going to see Fight Club in the Cinerama Dome or Blair Witch in Burbank. I mean, and I think, I think I saw John Malkovich at the Lemley. Oh, that was a cute little independent theater, wasn't it? Um, God, theaters. I just, it just inspired me. I want to go see movies. Don't you want to go see a movie? Like a really good movie? 
I don't even know what's out now. I, I mean, I look at the nominations and I'm like, man, how did I, first of all, not see half of these? And what is what is this about? I don't. Know, there wasn't any publicity. I feel like for movies anymore. It's crazy. We live in a town where every billboard is for a series or a film, and I feel like I don't know. It's just a weird time for films, and this really excited me to reflect on all of these films. So it's it's a really good read if you're um, a film person, which I, you probably are if you're listening to this. Um, some exciting little tidbits about people who have previously been on this podcast. As I said, Jeff Rosenberg, um, his movie that he wrote, directed, and produced called We Broke Up has come out. And I think it's on um, like direct access in like a week or so. So check that out. We Broke Up. Jam Pascal, set decorator, was nominated for an Oscar. For her work on Mank and Justice League, I don't know if anyone caught this, but Patrick Tatopoulos production designed it. I, I'll tell you what, I didn't realize it was four hours long, and it says like part one, blah blah blah. An hour goes by, part two, and I was like, wow, this is like okay, part three, and then I looked it up, like how this isn't the ending. What what am I in for here? But I didn't mind it. I didn't think it was, like, I really liked it. And it was way better than, it was way better than Wonder Woman 1984. I mean, the look of that movie was good, but, like, the story sucked. So, Justice League, I recommend that, too. So, and such a feat for him to design that massive film. Unbelievable. It's really like the Gone of the Wind of like the Marvel series. Is it Marvel? Are they Marvel? I don't know what they are. Um, yeah. Really. It's really, I don't know, I liked it. Um, so, let's see. What's one I'm watching? I, want, I mean, it's been a month. Uh, as I said, I watched Postcard from the Edge and Justice League. I'm rewatching Veep because I want to laugh. And there's so many jokes in there that even working on it, I didn't even catch. Um, finished Ellen versus Pharaoh, and you know how I feel. Fuck Woody. The Tina Turner documentary about her life is awesome. She does a cover of the Beatles song Help, and it brought me to tears, like sobbing. I had to rewind it and listen to it again. I got to download it or something. I don't know how I get it, but man, what a life. What an unbelievable life by her and the struggle and the abuse and jeez, the wheeze. It was really good and you just appreciate like people's passion and oh, I really liked that. I finished last night Q Into the Storm, a documentary on HBO, a six-part documentary about QAnon and the identity of QAnon and the influence of QAnon and it made me want to delete all of my social media and be like fuck you people this is crazy I don't ever I don't want to read this I don't want to be influenced I don't know I'm not going to get into it Q is really good and if you're interested about it 
you should watch it. And, I don't know, just watch it. <laughs> the SDSA Awards for um, film were announced last week. So I thought I'd run over some of the winners for that. For the Best Contemporary Film, Design and Decor, the winner was Promising Young Women with set decoration by Ray Deslish, Deslish, D-E-S-L-I-C-H, Deslish, and production designer Michael Perry for Design in a Period Film, set decoration by Jan Pascal, yay, um, for Mank and Design by Donald Graham Burnt, for Fantasy and Science Fiction, Tenant, decorated by Kathy Lucas and production design by Nathan Crawley. For musical and comedy, ta-da, The Prom, set decoration by Jean Sardina, and production design by Jamie Walker-McCall, who you can listen to on a previous episode. So congratulations to everyone who won the SDSA uh, in an, um, Film Awards. And they're going to be doing TV awards, and I'm lucky enough to be on that committee. So we're working on that, and awards will be announced in the time of around the Emmys and everything. So yay, yay to all of those winners. Now speaking of, we have the Art Directors Guild Awards coming up this Saturday. So you could tune into that. I believe it's at adg.org. You can download, you you can live stream it, I'm sure. I signed up. If you go to the website, I think you can sign up and like, then you can watch it. But, uh, yeah, Uh, that came up quick, right? (laughs) Uh, on this episode though, I, so I said to you last episode, I hope I can get someone who is nominated. And here's the thing. I started to email people and then I was like, oh, because I always suggest a time, like, would you be available next weekend? And I didn't have a time to suggest because I don't have a minute. (laughs) So hence, that was another problem uh, of being off uh, of this the last month. I don't have time to do interviews, which is kind of the purpose of the podcast. So luckily... I have friends who are nominated and who I told, hey, I need to talk to you. Um, But I wanted to really celebrate my friend Sean Page, who is nominated for his work on Wheel of Fortune. And they are nominated in the Variety, Reality, or Competition series uh, category. And um, he, we met when he started on Wheel. Um like in the early 2000s and we've been friends ever since and he's on a previous episode if you want to listen to really what he does on the show and he the real like guts of designing Wheel of Fortune I think it's episode two or three and um I made him sit in my uh back bedroom with like no air conditioning because it would have been on the mic and we sat there and sweated for like an hour poor guy But I didn't on this one. We zoomed it. Um, Sean is the assistant art director on Wheel of Fortune. And um, yeah, what work? I mean, 35 years it's been on. And to be nominated again after all these years. I mean, we all put so much effort into our sets. 
it's just fantastic for a show like that to get this recognition, I feel. Because um, it's not like they're, you know, it's not like Saturday Night Live. They're not nominated every year. I do think that the pandemic and people rediscovering the show um, probably helped in the voting. And hey, it should. It, sh- it, it should be recognized. So, yeah, I hope you enjoy. Actually, I mean, I talked to my parents about that, but I didn't talk to them about, I didn't talk to any of my family about that. Yeah. So the link that you sold, that you sent me, was that Uh, what you sent in? Or that's what's on the website? Yeah, that's on what's on their website. It's like our design presentation. I like that behind the Wheel of Fortune, you have fire. Yeah, I wanted it to look like... um, (laughs) Well, because the theme was fabulous food. Oh, okay. So I right. learned it to be like Top, top Chef, kind of like Hell's Kitchen kind of thing, you know? Right. I like, I mean, so did you put this together, this package? Yeah. Nice. Uh-huh. Really nice. I just thought it would be fun. For the kids, you know. You know, to just peruse. Mm-hmm. So oh, look at the set. Look at the fucking fire. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. But you, because it's half hour, could submit two episodes. Is that right? It was so weird. No one knows. <laughs> no, like, usually you submit one episode. Right. And the shows that do multiple episodes, um, you split your vote between the different submissions. So if you submit two, people could vote for both of them, but it's not all compiled into one entry. But this year, you could submit whatever you wanted, apparently, and (laughs) it's all based on one entry. I like that. That's how they should do it anyway. Yeah, but usually, like in the past, we've submitted more than one because we've had strong shows and they they vote just on each submission separately like it's not all together Mm. so we thought we were going to be doing that this year we didn't realize they were going to jam it into one and then i'm like well why don't we just submit all of our shows (laughs) right (laughs) um so you have, well, on here it has the two that you submitted, the food yeah. and then the Christmas. And then you have, like, a little update at the end of how you... Yeah, the little COVID. The little COVID update. I like that. Yeah, I wanted it to seem like, you know, there's a lot more going on to this season besides just the sets, you know? So in, it's a, in addition to... In addition, each contestant is given their own spinning cap, which Sajak has dubbed the white thing. The cap fits over each spoke of the wheel so contestants can spin without 
personally touching the wheel. Well, that was genius. Yeah, because yeah, they would have had to clean each spoke after each spin. Right. And so you also, they were pretty much six feet apart or ish anyway, right? They were like a couple, like two or three feet apart before, but now they're really spaced out. Yeah, we enlarged the wheel. Wow. So everyone's six feet apart. Damn. Right. Yeah. The, I'm sure Pat wanted to be 10 feet away. <laughs> no, like the red contestant. Yeah. Is where Pat used to stand. Oh, wow. That's a good yeah. judge of. Oh, that's crazy. I mean, I'm looking at the drawings, but now I see what you mean. And you can't really tell on camera that we even did anything, except when you look at an overhead shot, you could see that the wheel is in a half circle anymore. Right. It's more of like you bumped him out. Serpent, yeah. Like a serpentine kind of thing. Like he has to go over to the right contestant to be able to spin. Right. He can't he can't reach the wheel anymore. Mm-hmm. It's um like it it's usually four wedges, it looks like, and now it's five ish. Like when you're yeah. looking down on the plan that you've spaced it yeah. out so much. Mm. Wow. A whole new design for Wheel of Fortune. Isn't that crazy? No yeah. wait, did you Pretty guys did you, you reinvented the wheel. You did. Did you have a live audience? No. But the contestants would sit in the audience area because they can't be in the briefing room anymore. Mm. And they could separate up in the audience area. But they never really showed audience shots. Right. And is it was, well, I know, but I'm asking, is it a track? Is it a, a clapping track that they play to get people like into it? I don't know. It's really weird. Nobody talked about it. <laughs> but, but, and when I watch it at home, I'm like, is it the same <laughs> each time? I'm like, I don't know. I'm not really sure. But the audience is full because we were shooting so much that we would have, you know, 40 people in there. And Right. And you're so it still sounds like a lot of people. They're know, all there. they're all tested to be a contestant. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What is your testing schedule? Um, it kind of changed, but it's basically three times a week. Yeah, that's what I am. It, it depends if it's like a load-in week, and then I would test the Friday before, and then again on the Monday or Tuesday. And then not again for the rest of the week, but I don't know. On taping weeks, but on non-taping weeks, do you still do three times? No. No, because what are you around? You're not around people. Yeah, that'd be like two days. Because mm. on non-tape weeks, I wouldn't go in. I would do my shopping and stuff on the days I can't be at work. When you. When you get your schedules, do you still get, like, a couple months out? Like, you know what the season theme is, like, the week's theme is going to be months in advance? We know it all in the beginning of this season. Right. That's almost too much information. 
Don't you think? I know. Well, yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes, like, it changes and it flip-flops, but it's pretty much, we know the theme weeks. They might change the air dates and the um, the tape days. Mm-hmm. Hmm? The themes will change. Yeah, but the themes are pretty much set. Wow. Uh-huh. How many weeks do you tape? Do you know? Thirty thirty-five or something? Wasn't it like a month? Yeah, two weeks a month. But depending on how many weeks are in the month. No, because we have hiatus and stuff too. It's around 30. Yeah. You tape one week in a day. You tape five episodes a day. So let's just say the first week of the month. Well, usually it's six. Oh. Because they tape one and then they combine them and do like a compilation week. Oh, smart. So during hiatus, there's still new content. Oh, smart. But you're doing, say it's the first weekend of the month and you're taping, you're prepping, prepping, you're shooting Thursday and Friday, and between Thursday and Friday, you completely change over the set. Like you guys yeah. come in at this like... This season that we taped Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Oh. Yeah, because of COVID, and we wanted to make sure we got material out. And we didn't know if we would go down again or stay up and... Don't you think the, I mean, I'm, and maybe you know, because of COVID, so many more people watched it. I mean, you guys get millions and millions, it's a 25 million viewers yeah. a night. It must have doubled uh, easily. You had a captive think, on, you had all of America yeah, basically yeah. at home. Yeah. And they weren't watching, you know, well, bad things on TV. And it was like happy. Yeah, watching Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy during mm-hmm. I def I turned back in. It's an easy. Yeah. It's definitely an easy watch of like forgetting what's going on, and right. reminiscent of we've all watched it at a certain point in our lives. Mm-hmm. I th- I think whether you watched I used to watch it with my grandmother, or yeah. you know it's just like oh like having dinner watching Wheel or Jeopardy like mm-hmm. it's such a staple. Yeah. Happy TV. But I I think that's one of the reasons you guys are nominated. Yeah. I think it's like... And you... we've been on... We're on Netflix and Hulu now, too. Right. Does help. And they threw in that celebrity... Yeah, the celebrity party. week. Wait, do you have the celebrity well, week it's on a whole. No, it's a whole series. It's a completely different... Oh, it's a different... Thing. Yeah, it's a completely different set. It was prime time. Right. It was all different. They did eight weeks of it. <laughs> we haven't started yet, right? Yeah. You're... What do you mean? We're, we're half hour in. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> what do you think? I'm asking you all these questions as a warm up? <laughs> yes. No, look how relaxed. Look how good you are. Oh, my God. 
No. No. Now listen, the Christmas one, I mean, it's a shit ton of decor there. That's a lot. I know, it's so pretty. It's like, oh, it's gorgeous. And those huge, huge flocked trees that you have. Mm-hmm. I love it. And uh, and always the red car. I feel like there's always the red car on uh, holidays. Christmas week, yeah. yeah. I think you like you bought out Jackson and uh, and Greenset with all your stuff. <laughs> Where'd you get the choo choo? Do you know? Uh, we found that years ago. I forgot the company's name. Oh my god! I think we saw it um, at one of the gift shows. Oh my god! I love it. I need it for my boys. The choo choo. Mm-hmm. And all of the, all of the florals and greenery and everything it's all real which always yeah always sort of astonished me yeah or at least percentage of it it's a good mix a lot of it came from almost christmas and frost oh yeah jesus so then at the end you have a retrospective of National Parks Week, which I love that huge fireplace. Mm-hmm. I think that's such a good set. I because it really surrounds the letterboard and the screen behind them. Like it's really all encompassing of like the whole set. Yeah, I think that's like my favorite set. What's your favorite set? Yeah. <laughs> There's so many good things about all of them. That is pretty much one of my favorite sets, though. It's my favorite set to dress, too. Make life sweeter. Cookie jam. What's that one? What's make make life sweeter week? That's cool. <laughs> Co-sponsorship with um, Cookie Jam. Wow. That's so colorful and like I'm just drawing the kids. This like <laughs> a lot of pinks and neons and like and is it just mm-hmm. big screens behind the cars? Yeah, they're dirt trains. Oh no, wait, so you only do one car now. Didn't you we used to do two uh, cars, right? Yeah, just one. Wow, I'm old. It used to be two cars. <laughs> And Renee would have to line them up perfectly. Uh, and then your bottom one is Great American Cities. And it looks like Miami, the buildings of Miami. How pretty. Mm-hmm. Or South Florida. Ugh, that's nice. All those huge palm trees you brought in. Mm-hmm. So then on the side of this, you have the wedges that are designed. Specifically for every show, right? Yeah. Yeah, every show we have different wedges that would all be custom and new and pertaining to the theme week or the sponsorship. Mm-hmm. Jesus. It's so much stuff. There's so many details. Like, you go back to that food one. I mean, you got all the tables set with fake food, napkins, 
all the interiors of all of the the street dress all the windows are all dressed that's a lot i know it's a lot and even now when i have said to people like oh i loved working on wheel of fortune and all the different theme weeks, people still ask, like, well, when they did they really go to Dallas or did they really go? I'm like, yeah, they really spent all that money to go to these cities to go, like, like interact with their viewers. It's amazing. Yeah, well, that's what it's all about. It's about, you know, the cities and. But you'll never, you never do another remote. You're, you're not doing another remote for a couple of years. You think? I have no idea. I would love to. Maybe because I want to travel and get out of here. But <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. That would be so much fun. I mean, I mean, I when I left, they were doing three, and then yeah. two, and I think now you were only down to like Hawaii, weren't you? And then just prize shoots in different cities. Oh wow! Yeah, we were just down to prize shoots for the most part. And you art direct those, mostly. Yeah. What cities did you like to do most? I'm sh- I mean... I had a lot of fun in Chicago. We did this um, really big food segment where we went to all, like, the top restaurants and got all this food and displayed it all. And Pat and Vanna were there and eating and talking about whatever the dishes were yeah and the different pizzas and that was fun that's a good one anything ever go horribly wrong (laughs) (laughs) no no problem i had i probably blocked that out (laughs) i'm lucky to go through one day without something going horribly wrong (laughs) I dressed, a yeah. re- I dressed a restaurant today and I forgot the salt and pepper shakers. I'm like, you fucking asshole. How do you forget this? How many fucking, how many restaurants have I done and ordered and like, ugh. I always forget shit. Yeah, but things that you think, you know, went horribly wrong are fine, you know? It's not, only you know what's wrong. Yeah. And then when you think back about it, it's like, how many restaurants do you go to now that have salt and pepper oh, shakers? Oh, yeah. Well, that's what, because we were shooting at a real restaurant, and I said to the guy, I was like, yo, bro, you got any salt and pepper shakers? I mean, I see, I see your big pepper mills back there. And he's like, no, yeah. we don't really keep them on the table anymore. And I was like, you don't yep. keep salt? I mean, pepper I get. Nobody does that. Well, no, especially now. Nobody's allowed to touch okay. anything. I wouldn't even use it. <laughs> Are we? Oh, that's what we should come up with—a little fanny pack full of like condiments and shit that you bring with you when you when you go out to eat. Now, your, your mini little ketchup bottle, your salt and pepper, like like your like when you get uh, in a hotel and you get the little mini yeah. ones. It's like a little travel kit. We need that. Mm-hmm. If we ever get to, well, now I guess it's fifty percent. You can go out to eat. Yeah, and you could. Sit indoors now, too. Yeah. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. You can still get COVID, but yeah. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, now, are you going to 
like get dressed up for the temp? I would love to. I think I should just sit here in my house all dressed up. Yeah. Because it's in the day, too. So it's not like I have to wait all day and then get dressed up. What do you mean it's during the day? What time is it? I think it starts at 4. What? Which is great. Well. I think it'll be an exciting show. I mean, it usually starts around four or five, but that's the cocktail hour. (laughs) (laughs) I think there's a pre-show. I know. I tried to tell James Pierce Connolly that I wanted to be his sidekick. He didn't get it. He didn't get my (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if he's doing it. I gotta check in with him. Mm. But are you gonna... Is anyone else... Could you watch it together? Could you, go to, could you go to the office and I'll watch it together? Oh my <laughs> no. god, that'd be... But I don't think so. It's on, like, a Saturday. Well, at least the drinks are kind of free. <laughs> well, I paid for it. Yeah. <laughs> That's usually my downfall, paying for paying for drinks at the tiki bar afterwards. <laughs> Who do you think your biggest competition is in this? Let's look at it. Uh- who are you up against? Let me look. Okay, there's the voice. Yeah. Oh, there's James. The Matt Singer. Wait, it's James Pierce Connolly. Wait, let me see. Oh yeah, the mask. James Pierce Connolly. The voice. James Pierce Connolly. So he's, he might have uh, canceled himself out there. Earth to end. I don't know what that is. Something Disney. Was the first one? Yeah. Earth to Ned. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. Earth to Ned. Um, Interesting. Your competition is Sonnet Live. They always win. Do they? Yeah. I I don't know. I mean, I always think it's a feat of getting all those sets, you know, in Uh one week. But we all do that now, so now I don't think it's as much as a task. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a there's are only like two wall or whatever, and I'm producing like, uh-huh. or you're producing, yeah. and we're all producing it much more and sometimes less time. I I definitely appreciate their style and everything, but I think that's usually the winner. I feel like they've won a lot. Uh-huh. Maybe not this year though. I don't know. I mean, they they did a lot of repositioning and figuring out how to make it work for them. But they did have probably six months before COVID. Mm. So, Who's your graphic designer? Carson. I don't know him. He's um, head of CBS Graphics. Nice. Carson yeah. Mazuros? Mazaros. I can't do names. But your production designer is Renee Haas Johnson. Uh-huh. Assistant art director Jody Vaclav. Assistant art director Sean Michael Page. <laughs> and then assistant art director Heather Lynn Rasnick. 
and graphic designer Carson, and then set decorator Heather DeCristo. So you got mm-hmm. a good, solid team there. Yeah. And, I mean, you guys basically have been working together forever. You must not even talk to each other at this point. <laughs> You're just like, yeah, best friends week. Yeah. Uh-huh. You got it? Yeah, I got it. You cool? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yellow? Yep, yellow. Nope. No. I'm sure there's I'm sure there's a ton of shorthand going on with you guys. How we all each other work. Yes. How long has Renee been there? I don't know. I think she's been there around thirty five years. God, that's amazing. But I think she was there from the beginning and we're in our thirty eighth season. Really? Wow. I mean, so she just started as, well, I don't think Dick Styles was the original guy, was he? Uh-huh. He was. So Dick, yeah. Dick Styles was the original production designer and Ray, and Renee was his art director. But it was just the two of them for a long time, right? Yeah, it had a lot of people in there too, though. Because the set's mostly were flats and then i don't think till the 90s did they start to become like 3ds or something like dimensional objects yeah i think um renee brought a lot of that to the forefront yeah she definitely influenced that and pushed the design forward mm-hmm. and then with the letterboard changing from mm-hmm. Just the touchscreens, that was huge. Yeah. And it still picked up for like five more years, right? At least. I mean, how yeah. much, How hard was it with uh, Alex uh, passing? I think that was really hard for all of us. He was such a staple and such an icon of not only the show, but such a good person. Hmm. Because uh, Wheel and Jeopardy have the same, almost all the same producers and a lot of the same crew. And they shoot right next door to each other on the Sony lot since Mm -hmm. the 90s. I mean, before Mm -hmm. that, they were, I think, both at CBS. um, Yeah. Television City on Beverly, but they moved to Sony in the 90s. So, yeah. I mean, it's like one big family. Yeah. Did you try out for the to host Jeopardy? <laughs> <laughs> so, besides working on the show all year long, you also have flipped like three houses in the last five years. Oh my God, four houses. Four. You're nuts. Four houses in four years. <laughs> You're crazy. <laughs> two in Palm Springs and two in LA? Um, yeah. Uh-huh. We snuck that one in L in the desert during COVID. I know. That so was... it doesn't even count because nobody even saw it. I saw it. It was amazing. But <laughs> that was a great project to have during COVID because what else I were we going to do? That was perfect. I, I was staying at home doing nothing and we like 
use that time wisely. If I had moved a year ago and now we were in COVID, I would be in heaven. Yeah. Mm. So <laughs> the the thing about you flipping houses is that you and your husband basically do all the work. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you hire some outdoor help uh, for things, but like, aesthetically you guys are picking everything you're doing like 80 yeah. percent of the work yeah that's so exhausting after just moving getting through this renovation i don't know how you do it like mentally i'm exhausted i don't know it's how so, you do it this one that we're doing we're like right in the middle of is easier than all of them have been and the we've only had this house for like three weeks and we're already living here but do you enjoy it? Oh, I love it. There comes a time where I'm like, okay, I just want to like actually live someplace and enjoy it and have that be my home. But I like the the action of it. Ugh. <laughs> Most people hate that. There's dust everywhere. Like, I'm going to be cleaning dust out. I, yeah. I, like, borrowed the shop vac from the crew. Like, there uh, is just fine dust everywhere. Like, when does that everywhere. when does like, that go away? In the windowsills. Everywhere. 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 <laughs> I need someone to come in here and, like scrub and like with a toothpick get out all of this dust i can't take it my poor babies oh oh it's harder for them Mm -mm. they don't know they just like to sweep they love to sweep they make more of a mess when they sweep though but (laughs) so you you're the first house you flipped was in palm springs yeah well, Cathedral City and the Cove. Oh, my gosh. It mm-hmm. was such a transformation. I mean, and the house was good to begin with. But you yeah. guys aesthetically really dove into this Palm Springs vibe and transformed this, like, mid-century and really pushed it to a mid-century look. Mm-hmm. It, you made it. It had a like, huge pool. It's like, three bedrooms. Huge open mm-hmm. floor plan, like, ugh, you did such a great job. I love that house. The landscaping, I really feel like you guys excel, like, in your landscaping. Yeah. So how did you, are you into landscaping, or are you just, are you like, oh, this is, like, I just find pictures, and then I figure it out. I don't know, it's weird. I mean, every house, the minute we walk in, I can tell what it should be. Hmm. And the same thing with the landscape. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm in my new house. And I just turned around. There's this black cat on my patio. Oh, I don't know this cat. Don't (laughs) Don't let him inside. They'll piss. I don't like that at all. (laughs) Are you sure it's a cat (laughs) and not a coyote? No, it's a black cat. Oh, shut your doors. Weird. But yeah, this house, I felt like I I just immediately knew what it could be. 
it was full of trees in the backyard. And I know it's a sin to say, but I had to take them all out because now we have a view of like the whole valley. Wow. That's awesome. I remember my realtor and she's like, why do you want this house? And I'm like, okay, look past the trees and you could, there's a huge view. That's all I care about. Well, I think your realtor needs to like <laughs> get <laughs> dig deep into some selling points. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, you, is it easier flipping something that you're living in or like with with like the cathedral cities just going there like periodically and working on them? No, that was hard. No, that's, it's too hard doing that. Because you only get a, a small amount done, like, every other weekend. Does stepping away from it and coming back help or, like, hinder? I'm not saying, like, physically working, but aesthetically mm -hmm. with the design. Mm. No, because then you think about it all week and you're like, mm. I have done. Yeah. And I don't know if I'm going to get it done this weekend. <laughs> During COVID, did you mostly stay in the house out there to work on it, or were you? We were there a lot, yeah. yeah. But I had to come back here a lot, too, so I don't know. But I felt like I could just rip out all the doors and the windows to replace them and have nothing up. Like, I would have to do it door by door, slider by slider, because I can't just leave a house completely open for like a week. Right. I know we still have to do windows. And then I need the name of like the door people you use. Because I like your new doors. Your new sliding glass mm. doors. Uh-huh. Do you have any um, new themes coming up for Wheel? No, we, we just started hiatus now. So. Oh, nice. We don't know what the themes are for next season. Mm. Wait, you started hiatus now? So when do you come back? I'm not exactly sure. It's I think it's going to be the same as usual. We'll probably come back in late June. Right. Oh, late June to have like a new season for September. Yeah, and start filming in July. Can you ever tell them what you want to do? <laughs> <laughs> I want to have robot week. Or <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Chocolate week. You do kind of like a sweet week. Yeah. Because but... you get the sponsors for it. Yeah. They always choose great themes. Yeah. Because mm. they inspire great sets. So. I like the, like, best friends. I like when people go on together. I guess they can't do that. No, not yet. So, wait, did the wheel at the end get bigger? The prize, the bonus round wheel? Well, it gets bigger every season. Oh. The most amount you could get is, well, besides the million or the 100,000, you could get whatever that season is, so it'll be... 38,000 or oh wow 39,000 and for 
I meant physically. Did that oh. bonus wheel get bigger? No, it's the same bonus unit. Because they can just stand apart. He doesn't have yeah. to be. Yeah. They change the blocking. And they just bring their handle with them. <laughs> no, because it's the same. It's one it's contestant. Just one person. Do they get to keep the handle? Yeah. Oh. Well, that's cute. Yeah. It's a fun keepsake. It should say Wheel of Fortune on it then. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great idea. Yeah. I don't know what you'd use it for at home, but mm -hmm. stick it on something and pull it. <laughs> would frame it yeah in a shadow box <laughs> uh, i still have my letter i have my k from when it was the this uh, the, the board i love that k it was on my fireplace for 11 years i remember i don't know where it is now it's in a box somewhere. <laughs> it's in a box somewhere in this room <laughs> yeah there was so much swag when I was there. There was flyers or frisbees and hats and keychains mm -hmm. and bags. I got a good bag. I got. I just unwrapped a mug, a wheel version mug that I've kept all these years. Wow. There's tons of swag. You need a whole set. Mm. No. Because I don't think you could just have one random mug in your kitchen well luckily i have i have like a parks mug <laughs> a wheel mug i decorating pages mug i have like at least four to six rando production uh -huh. mugs so okay. that makes up my set so yeah just so you know that cat went away <laughs> the cat scared the shit out of him in the, in the middle of the interview there um Sean is one of my best friends. I mean, seriously, we check in on each other constantly and he always makes me laugh and he has such a good heart and such a hustler. I mean, four houses in four years. The, I'm dealing with real construction for that long and our fake world. That's unbelievable. I, I couldn't do it. And his style and his husband's style, their aesthetic and it's just point on for selling these houses they they really need a flipping show i'm telling you you would watch that that would be a good show again the adg awards are this saturday night good luck to everyone such a bummer that it's not uh like you know in person but it's something different and it's something memorable and maybe instead of you know spending thousands of dollars for us to get all dolled up and a car and extra tickets for one person you just get together with a bunch of people with masks on and celebrate so good luck to everyone i hope you got an earful i'm kim wanup for decorating pages summer is coming up fast you know what else is going fast the stogie floaties sales are picking up people Summer is almost here. Don't let it float you by. Stogie Floaty Luxury Pool Floats, available on Etsy and stogiefloaty.com. <laughs>